Good afternoon to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Sugar Ray Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. However you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your afternoon. It is a wicked storm out in Boston, Greater Boston. And I hope you are staying safe and sound. Depending on where you are, you may have gotten a uh, special now. And I gotta tell you, listen. I'm excited. I hope you are too. And on this Thursday, December 17th, with two weeks to go in the 2020 calendar year, I'm excited and looking forward to it. But before all of that takes place, there's quite a few things that we got to talk about on today's show. And I'm going to just get right to it. And as always, you can leave a voice message and try to reach me at 855 Let's start with the story that came out yesterday on Wednesday about James Harden. James Harden, now one of the elite scorers in the NBA, no question. This is a guy who is going to average 28 to 30 points per game. Great scorer. But what a lot of diva athletes, they tend to live in an alternate reality. And in this report, proved to be exactly as such as James Harden living in an alternate reality from the rest of his teammates. Basically, what the report was, James Harden controlled when the team plane leaves, when practices were held, amongst other things. And one of the things that really stands out to me is is that with all of the drama that's been going on with the Houston Rockets this offseason, albeit a abbreviated one at that, I couldn't help but think to myself, is James Harden really the center of all of the issues in Houston? Because I have to really think back over the last three years now and just think about one common theme, whether if it's fair or unfair. Think about this. Chris Paul is in Houston playing alongside James Harden. James Harden in the Rockets, well, three games to two against the Golden State Warriors in 2018. Couldn't win that one game to get the Rockets to the NBA Finals. Now, Chris Paul gets traded to OKC. For who? Russell Westbrook. Westbrook comes. And my thoughts were a year ago that there's no way that two ball-dominant guards could possibly coexist successfully in Houston. James Harden and Russell Wellsbrook. <laughs> Funny enough, I was right. I was 100% right. And the amazing thing about it is that now, Russell Wellsbrook is gone. He gets traded. Where does he get traded to? To Washington, to the Wizards, in exchange for John Wall. And when you look at this deal, and you look at the trades that have happened with the Houston Rockets over the last few years. Who has been the one constant piece that stayed, and that is James Harden. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. And that is, if James Harden is the guy that's constantly staying with the Houston Rockets throughout all of the upheaval and the changes on the roster, what does this tell you? This tells me one of two things. The first thing that it tells me is that the Houston Rockets value 
James Harden, and as they look towards him to lead the franchise to an NBA title. And it also tells me that they are looking to make any type of changes to appease James Harden. And that's where the problem begins. See, when you cater to a guy who hasn't won anything, bad things happen. Especially when a guy, although as prolific of a scorer as as James Harden has been, but the truth of the matter is that when you look at everything that's involved and you look at all of the pieces together, it just doesn't make sense to me that James Harden could be the guy that the franchise is catering to the most. You know, let's stay in this city for an extra day or two, you know, just because I like to party here or, you know, we're going to start practice on this day or this time. It's like, oh, you gave this guy the keys to the kingdom. No wonder why there's dysfunction in your franchise now. Congratulations. And here's the part that I look at, and I think that's the most damning in all of it, is James Harden has gotten away with bloody murder, and it's too bad that the owner of that team hasn't had the cojones to actually call him out on it. And that's the issue. When your own supposed leader, the AKA the owner of the franchise, is catering to your superstar player and he hasn't won you a championship, that's a massive problem. I don't care how you may want to slice it, dice it, or try to dissect everything involved, that just sends a bad message all the way through and through. Like, why is he getting the preferential treatment above all else? I mean, if a guy is going to get preferential treatment, at least win a championship first. Be the best player in the planet. You know, LeBron, I understand. Sure. You know, Kobe, yeah, sure. But even then, I don't think this is something that Kobe would even pull while he was alive or even during his Hall of Fame career. I look at James Harden and I say to myself, my man, you are looked as the guy who is going to help lead this team to a championship. What type of example are you setting for the rest of your teammates? Not a good one. Culture absolutely matters in the NBA. If you want to be looked upon as a leader, and James Harden, by all means, is not a leader in my book. This is a guy who I've seen too many times in the big moments not know or have the willingness to step up and carry a team forth. That's just being brutally honest. And the worst part about it is that I look at James Harden and I say, this guy is a scorer and nothing more. He's not a leader. He's not a guy that you say that, hey, you know what? This guy's going to lead us to a championship. And the fact that James Harden is your main cog in Houston is a problem. Don't blame Mike D'Antoni for the team's inability to get over the hump. Don't blame Russell Westbrook wanting to be traded as the reason why the Houston Rockets can get out of their own way. All it is it's showing is the unwillingness 
for the Houston Rockets to change course and be able and show the willingness to say, you know what? We're not going to continue to bend over and kiss your rear end anymore. We're not going to do that. We're not going to put up with it. Not once have the owner or any of the higher up management say, no, enough is enough. And what happens when that day comes? How is he going to react? That's the question. How is he going to react when he gets told no? Because men who don't know what it's like to be told no, they don't handle no very well. They don't handle rejection very well. And it's only a matter of time before the Houston Rockets get to a breaking point and say, you know what, James? No. How does Harden handle it? Does he begin to throw a tip of tantrum and, and cry like a baby? Or does he say, you know what? I need to check my ego. Because that's something that he's done a, an absolute terrible job with is checking his ego at the door. I hate to compare him to the following player, but this type of attitude and activity, I can't help but to think of Carmelo Anthony, especially during his best years with the New York Knicks back in the day. Listen, this the guy was a terrific scorer. The man can score, but that wasn't a guy that you looked at and said, you know what, this guy can help us win a championship. He was never that guy. And I feel that James Harden may very well be that guy in Houston. The other part of it that I look at is this. James Harden is a guy in which that I've looked at him for a while and I say, it's not like the Rockets didn't have the teams to finally get over the hump and win an NBA title. They've had the teams. But I've at times been critical of Mike D'Antoni being a complete offensive guy. Don't worry about defense. But the truth of the matter is this. This is deeper than Mike D'Antoni. This is a cultural problem. You created a monster with James Harden. I don't know how at this point in juncture do you honestly say, you know what, we're going to have this all figured out. Because you want to talk about getting off to a poor start? to your 2020-2021 season, talk about James Harden showing up with a few extra pounds on while his team is getting ready for a training camp in Houston. He's apparently traveling to Atlanta and Las Vegas. And when asked about it, he couldn't even provide an honest, straight answer. And if you saw the clip, by the way, which is, I'm sure it's on YouTube, but I saw the video on Twitter I'm like, this guy, he doesn't, he's look like he's completely BSing you. Seriously. Like, you know how you, sometimes you can tell when a person is straight up lying or, you know, trying to get over you? That's exactly what Harden was doing in the presser. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy is an absolute con artist. A con artist when it comes to not knowing how to take responsibility and be the leader that the team needs him to be. But here's the thing. He's not a leader. He never was a leader. So now what do the Houston Rockets do at this point? How do they handle James Harden at this point? Because I know that James Harden at one point wanted to be traded. He wanted out of Houston. And I don't blame him. But here's the thing. And the owner is smart in realizing this. What team was going to be willing to take that contract on, to take him on? I mean, 
there was apparently a list of teams that James Harden wanted to go to, all in the Eastern Conference. Although the Boston Celtics weren't on that list, but I do recall Celtic fans saying on Twitter, well, we should go after him. Ah, no, no, no. You do not want that problem on your team. No thanks. That's a no for me, dog. That's a no. Why? Too much of an ego. Too much of a diva. Well, what NBA player doesn't have an ego or di- or isn't a diva? You talk about James Harden, a guy who has never won anything? Hmm. Yeah. But And then on top of that, you just dealt with one in Kyrie Irving before he went to the Brooklyn Nets. You sure you want to deal with that kind of headache again? And you still got to worry about the development of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Right. I don't think you're ready for that problem. I don't think you want the problem. I don't think you should want that problem. I sure as heck don't. And James Harden is a guy that you don't want to be building a franchise around. I'm not sorry. But he's a great scorer. That's all he is, a great scorer. A great offensive talent. Just like Kyrie Irving, that egomaniac. I don't talk to pawns. You remember that? Right. I don't think you want to deal with another headache in James Harden. He may look good for your team on paper, but when it comes to being able to play in an offensive system like Brad Stevens, I don't think he's a good fit. Too ball dominant. Too much of a me, 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 me. It's about me. It's about I. You dealt with that with Kyrie. James Harden? No. Let him be Houston's problem. Yeah, Houston, we have a problem. Who's we? Oh, I mean you. You have a problem on your hands. That's James Harden. Oh, I'm focused now because now I'm, I'm in Houston. Sure. Let's see how the season begins. And if the team gets up to a poor start, a lot of eyes are going to be looking at you, James Harden. Because your attitude and your piss poor behavior has absolutely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And if I was a Rockets fan right now, I'd be concerned and I'd be a bit a bit aggravated. I think that's probably the best way I could put it. But the truth is, you don't win championships with the ego and a diva-like behavior that James Harden has been afforded, has been allowed to get away with for so long. You just don't win that way. Coming up next, why one NFL head coach has my absolute respect. Even more so now more than ever. That and much more coming up next on the Shoot the Right Show on 915 MFO in Memphis. This is Shoot the Right. You are listening to 915 FM, WMFO in Memphis. On the TuneIn Radio app, globally at WMFO.org, and as well as on demand on iHeartRadio. on behalf of Rad 
If you're drinking, you can't drive my car or any car. Remember, if you're partying this holiday season, don't drink and drive. Got it? It's just not worth it. Doesn't make sense. Thank you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. I always look forward to Rosano Radio on WMFO, Medford 91.5 FM. Bringing you the hottest tracks from around the globe. From around the globe. I always look forward to Rosano Radio. With your host, FR, 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 FR. Mondays at 10 a.m. Sano Radio on WMFO Medford 91.5 FM and live worldwide at WMFO.org. Mondays at 10 a.m. Rosano Radio, only here on WMFO. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. <laughs> Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tussri from Radio Streaming Nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app, globally on WMFO.org, available on demand as always on iHeartRadio as part of the Shukri Wright's podcast, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your Thursday afternoon, early evening, wherever you may be listening to the show, however you may be listening to the show. Greatly appreciated as always. You can listen to the show on demand, as you heard, on iHeartRadio. You can listen to it as a podcast, as part of the Shukri Rates podcast, in which you can find on iHeartRadio, available as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and as well as Anchor. You can listen to every broadcast of the Shukri Rates show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, as a podcast on demand. If you're not able to catch the, the radio show at its usual broadcasted time on Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. You can be you can be able to listen to it on demand, however you, you get your podcasts, whether if it's through iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor, as mentioned as well. Now, there is one head coach in the NFL that really has earned my respect. Not every head coach in the league has earned my respect through time. And that's just being completely honest. But there is one head coach in particular in which that I sincerely cannot help but to admire this man for coming out and speaking on an important issue that absolutely needs to be talked about more often, but especially by men that are in his position. And that is Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. There was a column that came out in Yahoo Sports on December 15th, just a couple of days ago. Beautifully beautifully written by Shalise Manza Young. In which Sean Payton has become more vocal about social issues. And as well as the glaring issue in the NFL when it comes to hiring minorities within the sport. And I feel that a lot of people in the NFL, especially if you are a white male as a head coach in the league, are not doing this enough. You haven't seen it publicly enough. And there's something to be said about Sean Payton going out above and beyond regardless of whether they have secured jobs or not and speaking out on such an important topic in which that we all need to hear. We have heard time and time again that the NFL has a major problem when it comes to hiring African-Americans and other minorities into high-power positions. And Sean Payton is right about a few things in his interview with the podcast that he was on in which that I feel like Sean Payton shouldn't be the only head coach who recognizes that he is in a place of, of privilege in which he talked he talked with extensively Jim Trotter and Steve Weiss on a Huddle and Flow podcast and that he understood that he was going to face backlash 
based on what he said, because what he's saying is the truth. Why is it that there isn't a single GM in the NFL who is African-American? Why isn't there a single GM who is Latino in the NFL? You have a, a Latino head coach in Ron Rivera in the NFL currently. Why is it that there isn't enough men of color that are actual head coaches and getting second, third chances to coach in the league. And this is something that I've noticed for a long time. And personally, it was something that it began to really bother me more and more as I got older and I really began to understand the social construct of the racial undertones that has existed in this country for, for, for more than a century. But especially when it comes to the NFL hiring practices, you know, the whole Rooney rule of, oh, you have to you have to interview one person of who is a minority or of color. And it's like, really, what does that do? Because all of this is just, it's just a check mark. It's just a check mark just to say, hey, we followed, but just wasn't the right fit. Oh, huh. OK. So if. Coaching stiffs like Matt Patricia gets a second chance or someone who is a well-known loser like Rex Ryan, for example, gets another chance to become a head coach. So let me get this straight. Those guys are willing to get second and third chances to coach in the league. But guys like Leslie Frazier, Eric Beniemi, they're struggling to get a second chance in the case of Leslie Frazier and as well as Beniemi hasn't been hired for a head coaching job yet. So I really have to call this into question as to is to what Sean Payne is saying. Is it something that bothers you or does it make you uncomfortable because, because it is the absolute truth? Because there's the sector in the crowd out there that's like, stick the sports. You know, you shouldn't get into anything political and so forth. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't the whole point of existing in this universe more than just entertainment? Right, it is. But here's a part that I find it to be absolutely comical. And that is, you look at what... Sean Payton is saying, and you can't help but to really just think deep. And I mean really think deeply about what he's saying. And I want to read you something in which that he said, and that was mentioned in the, in, the, in the column. And I want you to really think about this. On the NFL's lack of coaching diversity, Here's the excerpt that really stood out. And he says, quote, as to the lack of non-white coaches, Payton called it, quote unquote, disturbing and placed the blame where it solely belongs with those who make such hires. It's an ownership topic. Number one, it's a general manager topic. Number two, he said, talking about Payton. Payton brought up the case of Stanford head coach David Shaw whom he worked with on the Philadelphia Eagles staff in 1997. 
Sean has said that he doesn't want to have that he doesn't want to leave the college game. But as Payne noted, Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban and first-year head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, all said they didn't want to leave the college game until teams made it crystal clear that they wanted them and stepped up their compensation to make it impossible for those men to say no. Why is it that a young, talented coach, Stanford graduate, West Coast offense, offensive guy, and I always begin with David because I know him and I know how talented he is, Payne said. Now, he may turn out all of those opportunities, but you know what? He didn't have those opportunities where someone said, we have to have him because someone said, we have to have Nick or Steve or one of those other college coaches or Matt, and don't get me started. I've had one owner tell me, well, it wasn't a strong list this past year, and I called BS. I called BS, and he said it in a meeting, and I just looked and shook my head. And so where are you looking? Are you looking to win? That told me everything. Because if your priority is to win games and to win a championship in the league, don't you want to hire the best candidate possible? The best candidate possible isn't always a white man, America. The best candidate possible may be someone who may not look like you or may not be a a person of privilege. And that is what Sean Payton talked about, is talking about. What he's talking about is that he recognizes that him being a person who, who is privileged, that Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, they say, hey, you know, we, we, can't, we can't let you go because we, we have to have you. But a person of color like David Shaw, as he mentioned as an example, a beautiful example, by the way, love David Shaw. He's been absolutely tremendous with Stanford going before um, going long before the days of Andrew Luck playing at Stanford. He he's been a tremendous um, college head coach for a long time now. That people of color are not afforded the same opportunities to become a head coach, you know, and OK, I, with the exception of I. Of um was it Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore, and he, and he is a rare he's a rarity. He's a rarity. Those men don't come around very often. Jerry Reese. They are a dime and a dozen. A dime and a dozen that men of color are a general managers in the league. And then not to mention also that. You want to look at head coaches who are men of color, far and in between, very far and in between. You have some pretty good candidates out there. Why aren't they getting the opportunities that so many other individuals are being afforded? I would like to know because... At this point in juncture, if you are still blind to that fact and you're and you're saying that, well, Shukri's playing the race card. Well, Shukri, why is this about race? Because the unfortunate truth is, is that when, when people of when people of color are not afforded the same privileges and opportunities as as, as white head coaches are, there is a problem. And you have someone who. Like Sean Payton, who is as accomplished of a head coach as there is in the league, talking about that very fact. And I know this 
topic in this conversation is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, but sorry, but it has to be talked about. Sean Payton is not wrong on this one. He is not wrong at all. If someone in a position like he is in recognizes that there's a problem, what does that say about you and I? That he's willing to take this head on and and talk about the uncomfortable topic. Because the NFL, and I love football, but but goodness grief, shame on the NFL. But for not doing enough of having diversity in the head coaching ranks. Not having enough in terms of having people of color and, and other ethnic minorities as general managers in the league. And don't even get me started on, on, on the ownership groups in the NFL. Seriously? There's only one non-white owner in the league right now. And that's Shad Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's it. So yes, there is a problem. There's a problem in which the way that the league is handling or lack thereof not handling its diversity practices of, of, of inclusion. And frankly, I'm going to call out the NFL continuously until they begin to actually make changes, not come up with the Rooney Bolt nonsense rule because it's, it's absolute BS. It's sad. It's a shame. It's a shame that in 2020, we still have to have the same conversation. If that's what being said about the NFL, can you imagine what's going on in everyday practices in society? Can you honestly imagine that? I want you to think, really honestly think about that for a moment. Because you tell me, that the NFL has been fair in terms of hiring coaches and hiring coaches who are who are poor minority, black, Latino. And this is not to say that, oh, there aren't any black or Latino head coaches because obviously you have Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, never had a losing season in the years he's been in Pittsburgh. This is now his 14th season in Pittsburgh, never had a losing season. Won a Super Bowl. Got to another one. Ron Rivera. Latino. Got to a Super Bowl in 2015. But lost. Now head coach of the Washington football team. And God bless him. For his courageous fight against cancer. And and the fact that he was able to beat it. But the truth is. Is that we are at a point now. that That the NFL needs to be called out. And I'm glad that someone like Sean Payton is actually doing it because this should get everyone's attention, not just a select few. Everyone needs to be talking about this. Coming up next, why there is one team in Major Baseball that has an interesting conundrum on its team. I'm going to tell you who that team is and one player that I'm making That and much more coming up next week. Should be right here on 91.5 FM. Should be right. You're listening to 91.5 FM. And remember, just
It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is the city where danger lurks. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear mayhem and injury stay back children look out for the dreaded digital dead walkers they're not looking out for you with faces pressed against their little handheld devices they put all good citizens in harm's way hey pal pardon you the digital dead walkers are multiplying until their behavior patterns can be modified the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons warns all innocent people to stay alert. Better yet, to step up and speak out. Oh, hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. If you have an encounter with police, MassCan wants you to know your rights. What you say to the police officer is always important. What you say can be used against you, and if you mouth off in any way, it can give them a reason to arrest you. Be respectful. If you're in a car, you must show your driver's license and registration, but in other situations, you cannot be legally arrested for refusing to identify yourself. You don't have to answer an officer's questions. Never consent to any search of yourself, your car, or your house. If you do consent to a search, it will affect your rights later in court. If the cops say they have a search warrant, ask to see it. You should always exercise your right to remain silent. You have the right to have an attorney present during any questioning. Don't interfere with or obstruct the police, because you can get arrested for that. Ask the officer if you're free to leave. Remember, you're a busy person with people to meet and perhaps a job to get to. At MassCan, we think that marijuana should be legal, taxed and regulated just like alcohol and cigarettes. But if you're under the influence of anything, leave the driving to somebody else. For more information, please visit our website at masscan.org. That's M-A-S-S-C-A-N-N dot O-R-G. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Free From Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app globally on WMFO.org. 
and as well on demand on iHeartRadio, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your day. And during the last tease, I mentioned that there is a team that has an interesting conundrum that they are currently facing and that it's going to linger over them like a like an unwanted dark cloud until they're able to find some sort of resolution as to what are they going to do to deal with it. And that is um, and that is uh, the, the situation with Nolan Arenado with the Colorado Rockies. Now, I want to also point out that Nolan Arenado has long been considered to be the best all-around third baseman in the major leagues. It's not even close, not even up for debate. I mean, what this guy does on a nightly basis is absolutely incredible and just unreal. And I think that when you look at a guy who you 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 look at, you talk about you want a guy you want to build your franchise with, that's the guy, Nolan Arenado. The man can hit for 35 home runs on average, all of driving over 100 runs batted in, winning Gold Glove every single year um, at the position at the hot corner. But here's the thing: Nolan Arenado has recently, and for a while now, been expressing his displeasure um, playing in Denver for the Colorado Rockies. He's not happy there. And here's the, the conundrum. I'm going to lay it out for you so that you really could have a a clear picture as to why is this such a big deal? Because it is a big deal. You look at Arenado and you say, this guy is a a once-in-a-generation type of player. No question. He's the best player at that position in the game, bar none. But his contract includes an opt-out he has the ability to opt out of his contract after the 2021 season Arenado is not happy in Denver he's not happy with the Rockies he wants to go elsewhere and you tell me that the Colorado Rockies are are not looking for ways to shop him or even trade him this offseason when you talk about Someone who absolutely wants to go play elsewhere. And that's the thing that I find it to be the most intriguing because there are a number of teams that, frankly, could use his services. And look, those teams could be teams in the American League, contending teams that can put them over the top. But the truth is, is that if you are a team that's looking at the Rockies in a situation with Nolan Arenado, what do you do? Like, what do you honestly do? Like, how do you handle this? Because you know what you have in Arenado. You know what you have in terms of the transcendent talent that he is. But the issue remains that you don't know what you're going to do with him. He's not going to sign with the Colorado Rockies long term. That's Let's just make that very abundantly clear. He's not going to. And the part about it that makes, that makes it all the more fascinating 
is that when you look at the situation, you look at the player and what he brings to the table, this guy is one of the top five premier players in the game, bar none. It's not even up for debate. But here's the part that I look at and I say, well, hmm. If you're the Rockies, what do you do? Because you're in a tough spot right now. Here's the conundrum. Do you keep him for another year, let him opt out at the 2021 and get absolutely nothing, or do you try to trade him this offseason and see what you can get back in return for him? Because that's really the, the real big question there. That is the big question. That's the conundrum that I was talking about. What do you think? In fact, shoot me a tweet. Hit me up on Twitter at Shukri Writes, as at S H U K R I W R I G H T S. Let me know what are your thoughts. Because the Rockies find themselves in a position where, listen, their their face of the franchise does not want to be there long term. He's not planning to be there long term. He can opt out after 2021 season. Although he signed that massive contract. And listen, he's worth every dime of that contract. I have no qualms with it whatsoever. I honestly mean that. But his unhappiness in Colorado is absolutely warranted. It's understandable. I mean... After all, you talk about a Rockies team that, although they did appear in the wild card game a couple of years ago, a few years ago, they haven't had a whole lot of success in the postseason, especially in 2018 when, where they they just they just did not they 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 basically were just a no show, and you look at the Rockies you know, as an organization and you look at reasons why Arenado should stay in Denver I don't see really much of a reason I mean listen I I, I like the talent that they have on the team with Charlie Blackman as arguably one of the best and one of the preeminent leadoff hitters in the game outside of that I mean as well as Trevor Story being one of the best shortstops in the game right now who can hit for power and don't give me the whole, well, he plays in course field because, listen, he's consistent wherever he plays, both road and at home. But the situation is, if you are any team out there looking to to make a splash and you need a third baseman, Aaron is available. He can opt out after 2021. But the fact is, he's not going to sign long-term. So if you are a team out there that's going to acquire Nolan Arenado, truth is, he may want to actually sign with you. If you show him that you are a playoff contender and that you are a legitimate contender that can compete for a World Series title. I mean, what do you really have to lose except having to pay a significant portion of his salary? That's still that he is still due on his contract. That's the only downfall. But other than that, the big thing that I look at with Arenado and and listen, normally I don't stick up for guys who 
who are complaining about, oh, I don't like where I play. I don't, I'm not happy here. But in this case, I understand what, what Arenado, and he's, he's frustrated. This isn't a money issue at all. This really isn't. It's having the opportunity to play in a postseason. And he hasn't had many of those opportunities in recent years. And he's at a point in his career now where it's like, you know what, I want to win. And the Rockies don't give me the best chance to win long term. And it's a shame. Because if he, in fact, does leave, he will join another Rockies legend and now Hall of Famer, Larry Walker, as guys who became stars with the Rockies but ended up leaving to go elsewhere to have a perennial shot at the postseason. Now, I should also add that Larry Walker did start his career with Montreal. That I have to also add and include, unlike Arenado, who is a is a Colorado Rockies lifer, if you will. Drafted, developed, made his debut with the Colorado Rockies. So this guy has made his name in Colorado without question. The question is, what teams do you think out, out there that will be interested in his services that can afford to go after a guy like like Nolan Arenado? You can't say the Dodgers because they're all set at third base with Justin Turner. And he's the leader in the heart and soul of that team. Can't necessarily say the Yankees because they're all set at third, whether it be with Gio Urshela or Miguel Andujar. The Red Sox? I don't know. Like, who would they be willing to give up? And plus, they already have a third baseman in Rafael Devers. So they're all set at that position. The Mets? Huh. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know. But at the same time, who would they be willing to give up? Because the asking price for the Colorado Rockies is going to be steep. They're going to be asking for the bare minimum. Noah Syndergaard. And maybe a top tier pitching prospect of the, for the, for the New York Mets. I don't know. Which is why that this saga and this situation involving the Rockies and and Nolan Arenado is going to be so interesting because I don't think he reports to spring training in February with the Colorado Rockets. I think it, it's going to be with a different team. The question becomes, what team do you think that will be? I just listed off a, a number of teams where the likelihood is very much. Small to non-existent. And I just don't see it. I'm not convinced that Nolan Arenado and the Rockies will be able to find a suitor that say, you know, we we can take him on. He's not going to want to go to Arizona. (laughs) Unlikely. Very unlikely. He's not going to want to go to the Cubs. They already have a situation there with with Chris Bryant. And there's talks of Chris Bryant even being traded this offseason. There's no guarantees. So that's why I wanted to have the opportunity to talk about Nolan Arenado's situation with the Colorado Rockets because this is a situation in which that, if you're a baseball fan, this is going to be something to keep an eye out for because he is that big of a transcendent talent, and there's no questions asked about that. Coming up next right here on the show, right here on 915 FMW, MFO, Final thoughts. As I am happy back, glad to be doing the show, and as well as excited for what's going on. 
that and much more coming up next right here on the Super Red Show on 915 FM John, we can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. Yeah, I worry about the steps. Perfect world, there are no steps, but he does have steps. And that banister only goes halfway up. And all those little throw rugs are falls waiting to happen. So what about his prescription meds? If he forgets and takes them twice, he could get really dizzy. Right. We could get him one of those daily pill counters. And he should have some sturdy hand grips in the bathroom and shower. This is all easy to do. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea. For older people, falling and breaking a hip can be devastating. For more tips on making homes safer, visit orthoinfo.org falls. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Now please, clean the gutters. Just be careful on the ladder. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's not something you buy. Or something you take. In fact, there's only one way to get it. It has to be given to you, freely. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's rape. Consent. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Streaming Nationwide on the TuneIn Radio, WMFO.org, as well as on demand 
on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Now, it's time for Final Thoughts, brought to you by your show's Trooper Rights of 91.5 FM WNFL in Medford. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to uh, take the time to announce, and that is that next Thursday, December 24th, will be, will be the last edition of the Sugar Right Show for 2020. There will not be a Sugar Right Show for New Year's Eve. Rather, there will be um, a continuation of the show. The show will return on January 7th, 2021. So I want to take the time to, to, to make that announcement that, again, next Thursday, which will be on Christmas Eve, that will be the last edition of the Shooting Right Show for 2020. But the following week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a show showcasing the best of um, segments of the Shooting Right Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO, for 2020, which will air on Thursday, December 31st, on New Year's Eve, which will be basically the most appropriate, really. So with that being said, as I mentioned, um, that the announcement is that next Thursday will be the last edition of the Sugar Ray Show in regards to actual like sports talk and content. That will be next Thursday, the 24th. There won't be an act. There will not be a show. But there will be a special edition of the best of the Sugar Ray Show on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020. Same slot at time from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, as well as you will be able to stream the show as always nationwide from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Thursday, the 31st of December, on a TuneIn Radio app, and as well as you will also be able to catch. It on demand as a podcast on iHeartRadio as well as part of the Sugar Rights Podcast, which you can also find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify as well. Now, um, I can't believe that we are now entering the final couple of weeks of 2020, and I'm hopeful and extremely optimistic about the upcoming new year that things will get better and things are going to be better. Remember that these dark days and times will not last forever. It's not, this is not forever and that this is meant to teach us a lesson and to, for us to really appreciate life and the blessings that we have in our life and not to take it for granted. That'll be all for this week's edition of the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. I'll be back with you next week with the final show of 2020. Next Thursday, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. as always. Look forward to talking with you then. This is Shukri Ritz. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Take care and stay safe.